Brady Cook's touchdown pass looked even more impressive on TV, but you know what? Sam Horn's interception, it kind of was his fault, but not for the reasons you're thinking. So let's talk about that and more of my analysis of the film coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college terms and conditions apply. And after diving deeply in, of course, to the Missouri film, my film, I should say, (laughs) I am that big of a dork, ladies and gentlemen. I actually take film with my iPhone instead of actually watching the game. This is this is what has become of my existence. But after looking at all of it, I definitely have some different observations than I had after the game. So it's going to be a good episode of Locked on Mizzou. And first of all, I just want to be clear after last episode, when I said that 2023 so far through one game looks a lot like 2022, well, I want to be clear. 2022 was not all bad, but certainly I wanted to see a little bit more improvement on the offensive side of the ball, a little bit more difference on the offensive side of the ball in week one. But you know what? Hopefully week two against a more real opponent in Middle Tennessee, maybe we'll see something a little bit different. But according to Brady Cook, by the way, he said, quote, it's a world of difference in terms of just having experience this year. He says, I remember just not feeling my feet on the ground. I wasn't comfortable last year versus Louisiana Tech. Of course, that's in the opener of last season's game. He continues saying, I had nerves and none of that was there this time around. I felt more prepared. I felt confident. I think it's just all the experience that's really helped me. And for all of the talk of this past year and this offseason of how Brady Cook is sort of unwilling to push the ball down the field and maybe take chances, well, I think we saw a more confident player in week one, especially when you really dive more deeply into the film because in my opinion Cook's touchdown pass from my vantage point looked much more impressive than it probably looked on television just from the sideline cam if you looked at it from the end zone as we're going to look at it right now I think you'll be much more impressed in fact I'm going to do something a little different here for those of you on YouTube I'm actually going to pull up the video right now and for those of you on audio I'm just going to describe it to you here so you're not going to get lost whatsoever but you know what let's pull up that touchdown pass right now so on this cook touchdown pass We've got five wide here. Looks like the Chase Daniel era. What a throwback, right? Empty shotgun formation here for Cook. Off to his left side, our right side here as we're watching. You've got Luther Burden in the slot, and that certainly appears to be Brady's first read. But as you can tell here, well, Luther is pretty much triple teamed. So wisely, 
Cook looks off his first read and comes back to Makai Miller over the middle on a post route here. But I just want to say for all the people who say that Cook is too, is too, uh, what, what am I trying to say? He's too safe with the football. Well, he could have easily thrown a hitch route here to Theo Weiss. It's third down and five. Really, considering number four here is very much coming off his assignment in the flat at the very least. He's not playing the flat is what I should say. Burden, well, he's triple team, so he could easily just throw it to Theo Weiss here for an easy gain. But instead, Cook comes across the middle of the field. Number 49 here for South Dakota is in a decent spot, but Cook comes off his first read and throws it a perfect ball here to Makai Miller. Now look, he comes off it. He has to time this perfectly. At this moment, Makai Miller is not obviously wide open or anything, right? He has to throw this ball inside of 49. If he throws this behind him, that's possibly intercepted. So this is a pretty aggressive throw here by Cook, and it's a really good and accurate throw right over the umpire's head here. To me, this is a beautiful throw by Cook. The people who just kind of hand-waved this and said, eh, whatever, decent throw. No, this is a really good throw here by Brady Cook. For those of you on YouTube, I'm going to play it here just one more time and we'll move on. But to me, that's an excellent throw, an excellent read. Comes off his first read, his primary guy, Burden, sees he's double-teamed and makes the proper throw, in my opinion, for a touchdown. Now, interestingly, Sam Horn's first throw, which was his most impressive pass of the game, as well is basically the exact same play. You got an empty formation. You got Luther Burden and Theo Weiss to the left side, Makai Miller in the slot to the right here in that empty formation. Ah, and it's our old buddy number 49 there for South Dakota. Let's, let's pick on him some more as Sam Horn does right here. Again, it's almost the exact same route, the exact same throw, just a little bit deeper down the field. Since Missouri is not in the red zone, Miller can get a little bit deeper on his route. But again, just a nice throw here by Horn. Good anticipation, looks off to the left. Really, I mean, just kind of a, a repeat of what we saw on the touchdown pass. Now, Horn's second pass also targeted to Makai Miller. Obviously left a little bit more to be desired as it was intercepted. But I had a lot of friends quickly jump to Sam Horn's defense saying it wasn't his fault. Sounding very much like former WWE superstar and Missouri football player Gene Snitsky in that moment. That's a throwback for you wrestling fans there. But in my opinion, actually, this is a little bit of Sam Horn's fault, but not for the reasons everyone is talking about. People are focusing on the fact that, well, Makai Miller dropped the football. And to that, I would mostly agree with you. Yes, this ball is a, thrown a tiny bit behind Miller, but that ball's probably should be caught, right? I'm, I'm with all of you who say that, but here's the problem. We're focusing on the wrong thing here. We're focusing on, hey, why didn't Miller catch the ball here? But as Sam Horn rolls out here, number one, it, would be, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he set his feet here, but, you know, hey, when you got a Patrick Mahomes-type arm, I guess that's what you do. You just sling the thing out there if you used to play baseball or you're a, a major league prospect. But look at number 11 here. Let's stop focusing on number 10, Makai Miller. Let's look at number 11, Dennis Jackson, the old Miss transfer. He is running wide 
open on a corner route here. Why not throw it to him? There's my crazy notion, everybody. Let's go ahead and wind this back just a little bit. Again, Dennis Jackson right here, wide, wide, wide open. That's a really easy read by Horn there that, frankly, he just misses. And, you know, for all the people who want to, who want Sam Horn and, you know, have bias against Cook and say he's too safe, well, to me, that's too safe of a throw right there. And actually, ironically enough, it ends up being intercepted. That ball's got to go to Jackson there. I mean, it just has to. There's no real safety help over the top, by the way, pre-snap. So, uh, to me, that's just a misread there by Horn. But, you know what? Nobody's perfect, but at the same time, let's point out reality. I understand that everybody's focusing on whether or not Makai Miller should have caught the ball or not, but focus on the fact that Dennis Jackson, you just missed a touchdown here if you're Sam Horn. And coming up, more observations from week one, including, frankly, I feel bad that I didn't mention Johnny Walker. He played so well in week one. We got to mention that young man, plus all my other observations from the South Dakota game. But first, I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs because these days, every new potential hire can really feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So, of course, you want to be as close to 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates on the market. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your current LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. Really, when you find the right candidate, it's the best thing you can possibly do because it's not like spending money. It's not money burnt. It's a true trade where you have money and value added to your life. So you know what? LinkedIn Jobs, again, will help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free Terms and conditions apply. College football season is back, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Live each Friday. Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon central time on every Locked On College YouTube channel. That's College Football Kickoff Live we got playoff implications, the rivalry games, going in-depth like only Locked On can with our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon on any college, on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And you know what? I frankly missed something from my previous program, you know, it happens sometimes. This is an opinion-based program. And you just want to get your hottest takes out there, right? And sometimes you miss a few things. Well, I really did neglect to mention that Johnny Walker really stood out on the edge for Missouri, the defensive end. You know, obviously defensive end, a big talking point in the preseason. Well, obviously it wasn't against the best competition in South Dakota, 
But if Johnny Walker looks anything like he looked in week one for the rest of the season, that's a really good sign for Missouri. Some interesting comments from Ennis Rakestraw after the game. He said, Johnny has been my roommate since I came to college. I always knew what he could do. Johnny came in at 180 pounds, so he was really small. I thought he was a receiver, but he worked and had opportunities to leave if he wanted, and he stayed and bought in and look at him and what he's doing for the Tigers. So I hope Ennis Rakestraw is right. Hopefully week one is a harbinger of great things to come for Missouri at that edge position. So far, so good for Johnny Walker, no doubt about that. Now, of course, Harrison Mevis and his two missed field goals were a talking point after the game, but really Missouri was fortunate, I think, a couple times to maybe not have a kick blocked, including on this first miss. This is something actually Gerard Hamilton over at Power Mizzou talked about during the preseason, pointing it out after the game as well. On the outside in particular, the outside rush, the field goal protection, well, I would call it a little bit unconventional. I don't know, maybe this has become unconventional, or excuse me, maybe it has become conventional here recently, but I think Missouri should really rethink their strategy here. Now, let's actually start the film here for those of you on YouTube, and I'll describe it for those of you on audio, but you notice number 87 on the left here, Brett Norfleet, the tight end, he's on the field goal unit here. Watch what he does. He doesn't actually block anybody here. He simply pushes in on 75s. Well, I'll just call it his backside. How about that? He pushes in on his backside, doesn't really block anybody. And now let's go to number 80s. Tyler Stevens on the right side of your screen here on the the extreme right side of the formation. He does the same thing. He pushes in on 56. The man to his left here just allows... The guy for South Dakota to have a free run, he essentially just goes, okay, I'll push my lineman in the back with my left hand. Now with my right hand, I'll attempt to get a hand on this guy on the outside, but he really never touches him, and he just gets a free run. The guy nearly blocks the kick, frankly runs into the kicker, probably should have been a five-yard penalty there. Mevis should have gotten another shot at it by the rules. But if you're Missouri here, I just don't understand the logic of this protection. I don't know, maybe have the tight end actually block somebody instead of touching the guy to his left or right's buttocks. What exactly is the strategy here? You're trying you're getting a little too cute by half here in my opinion. Oh, we're going to have our tight ends try to block two guys, I guess, except they're not even really blocking somebody else. I I just don't really understand the strategy here whatsoever. Somebody's got to Somebody smarter than me on special teams has got to got to tell me what in the world Missouri is doing here on this protection. And you know what? If I'm going to nitpick Sam Horn's decision to not take a deep shot downfield, well, I got to be fair and do the same thing to Brady Cook as well. So let's do that coming up right after these quick words. Now, Brady Cook had some moments that weren't great on Thursday, a couple balls that sailed on him. But this pass right here was actually, I thought, one of his better balls, an incompletion here to Luther Burden in the slot. To me, this is a pretty good pass right on the money, just slightly out of the reach of Burden, if anything. Maybe just the timing was slightly off there. It seemed like Burden 
Kind of did a little hesitation there. I'm not really sure what happened there, but right on his fingertips. That's not a bad pass by Cook whatsoever. The actual execution of the throw. However, if we're going to get nitpicky here, and I got nitpicky with Sam Horn on that interception that was off Makai Miller's hands, where I said, hey, he needed to go deep to Dennis Jackson here. Well, kind of the same deal. This is a bit of a misread here by Brady. If he just, when he sees this safety here, this top safety who's over the top, overburden, when he takes him on this out route here, Theo Weiss is just, I mean, it's a track meet now. If he's even... He's leaving, as they say. I mean, this is offsides in soccer. That's how open he is at this moment here at the 35-yard line. Look at Weiss. I mean, that is a touchdown if he throws it, period. I mean, that doesn't even have to be a very good ball. He's wide open there. So the decision there for Cook, if you want to nitpick him and say, ah, he, he takes the check downs too much, takes the th- safe throw too often, well, there's your evidence right there. There's your exhibit A, your honor. Now, for the, again, I thought that that was an aggressive throw on the touchdown by Cook. This one was a little too safe here. I'd have liked to have seen him since he held the ball long enough. He had really good protection here. There's no excuse not to take this shot, in my opinion. His protection is absolutely perfect. So I'm sure Brady is probably looking at the film wanting that ball back. He would definitely like to uncork that one to Theo Weiss, I'm sure. And finally, certainly, while there were some exciting plays in the Missouri opener, objectively speaking, I think the biggest reaction of the night from the crowd was for Kobe Brown. Of course, Demoy Hodge, who I think is going to be a Los Angeles Laker. That's That was a hot take a few months ago by myself. Not so much now. That seems to be conventional wisdom at this point. Demoy, great to see him. He got a, a big reaction from the crowd. But my goodness, Kobe Brown was treated like a conquering hero returning home. It was an incredible reaction for Kobe. I don't know how it came off on TV, if it was if it was shown on TV at all, but in the stadium, I was I knew he was going to get a big reaction, but my goodness, that was quite the pop. It really was. And that that just made me think for the very very small but I guess somewhat vocal minority of people who thought Kobe should have came back to Missouri before he he got picked in the first round. All those people got oddly quiet after Kobe got taken in the first round. Clearly, the the young man made the correct decision for his basketball career. I, I think even if he wouldn't have gone in the first round, let's say he went in the middle of the second, I still think it was the right decision for Kobe. Clearly, he showed in the summer league, I, I think he's an NBA player. It, wh- how good he ends up being in his career, obviously, a lot of that's going to be up to him, but I think... Anybody who discounted that young man for being too old or whatever kind of missed the point because if you're a versatile forward, a guy who's a legit six foot eight, a guy who has versatility, can put the ball on the floor, big enough to bully you in the paint, knock down a three pointer, that is a rare commodity. It's a reason why Kobe was so good last season at Missouri and by the way my my main point here is basically that yes obviously Kobe made the right basketball choice but if anybody thought for one second that Kobe Brown that there was going to be some bad feelings by Missouri well you could have come back for one more year 
Are you kidding me? Just It's so rare to even have a guy who stays for four years at this point. You could just feel the absolute appreciation and love that Kobe Brown has for Missouri fans. And, you know, just this last senior year for him, obviously, Dennis Gates' first year, just an incredible, incredible thing for Kobe Brown. If he would have decided to move on after, after Conzo Martin was fired, who could have really blamed him? Honestly, I don't even think Missouri fans would have been mad at him. We would have understood for the most part. But the fact that he did come back, had that one year, that senior season, that really special year with the Tigers, the guy's kind of a legend, almost more so even than his basketball acumen would lead you to believe. So, Kobe Brown, great to see you. Hope you keep coming back. And after a reaction like that, I, I bet he keeps coming back. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't like to feel that love? But you know what? Thanks to all of you for showing me some love on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, the whole deal. Of course, Amazon Music for you Prime subscribers. If you'd like an ad-free version of this show as well, that's a great option for you. And for you everydayers, of course, thanks for being here. As always, you guys are my favorite. And come Monday, we're going to have more to talk about. Maybe a little bit more about this game, but of course, we're going to mostly start focusing our attention on Middle Tennessee in week two. So I'm going to see you on Monday right here on Locked on Mizzou.